One of the many reasons that people have lost jobs during the ongoing pandemic is because of issues related to childcare. With many children, including the youngest students learning remotely, many parents have been induced into staying at home and giving up their jobs. According to a recent study from the U.S. Census Bureau, women were three times more likely than men to have left their positions because of childcare issues during the pandemic. As indicated by the New York Times, the vulnerability is especially acute for retail workers. The nature of retail work schedules, which can vary dramatically from week to week and wherein workers often have little choice but to take the hours they are given, renders it more likely that those with children will need to forego employment. As it turns out, this is a major issue. The retail industry is America's second largest private sector employer. While women comprised nearly half of retail's 15.7 million workers prior to the pandemic, they accounted for 65% of the industry's job losses between February and June, according to the National Women's Law Center. To date, federal and state governments have offered little to no childcare relief for working parents. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. As indicated by writers David Harrison and Paul Hannon, the U.S. economy continued its steady recovery in September from the sharp declines in second quarter activity as both demand and output strengthened. At the same time, the pace of recovery has been faltering in Europe and in Asia, perhaps foreshadowing America's late 2020 economic fate. Among the indications of ongoing momentum last month was the Purchasing Managers Index, a measure of private sector activity. The index reading for September exceeded 54. Any reading above 50 indicates that activity is on the rise. But we are now in the early days of the fourth quarter, and many economists are asking whether the economy's reasonably strong recovery since April can persist through the balance of the year. Coronavirus infections remain high. Congressional wrangling has prevented the passage of an additional stimulus package, and a contentious presidential election is less than a month away. Meanwhile, purchasing manager surveys in France, Germany, and Japan pointed to a decline in activity at service-providing businesses in September, further indication that the global economy may struggle to return to pre-pandemic levels of output until a vaccine becomes broadly available. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. According to World Bank estimates, national lockdowns and associated economic catastrophes will push between 71 million and 100 million people into extreme poverty this year worldwide. Living in extreme poverty is defined as subsisting on less than $1.90 per day at 2011 prices. As indicated by The Economist magazine, predictions of extreme poverty have worsened since the pandemic began. Prior to the pandemic, the world was making progress in terms of alleviating extreme poverty. From 1990 until last year, the number of extremely poor people on the planet declined from 2 billion, or 36% of the world's population, to 630 million, or 8%. That's progress. Most of those left in poverty were in sub-Saharan Africa or a nation suffering from enormous conflict. Almost half of the newly destitute, however, will be residents of South Asian nations such as India and Bangladesh. The United Nations defines people as being poor if they lack basics such as clean water, electricity, sufficient food, and schools. UN researchers working alongside those from Oxford University reckon that the pandemic could cast nearly 500 million people into poverty, reversing nearly a decade of gains. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.
As indicated by CNBC, lawmakers in nine states are proposing higher taxes on the wealthy to help plug expanding budgetary gaps triggered by the coronavirus pandemic. After New Jersey passed its millionaire's tax, raising the income tax for those making $1 million or more per annum, legislators in New York, California, Massachusetts, Maryland, and other states renewed their efforts to raise taxes on high earners. According to the National Conference of State Legislators, the states proposing such tax increases account for more than a third of America's population and nearly half of its millionaires. In the wake of the previous financial crisis, one aligned with the great recession, eight states increased taxes on high earners between 2010 and 2012. While some of those increases were temporary, others, like California's millionaire's tax, continue to be extended. In New York, legislators are proposing both higher income taxes and a billionaire's tax that would annually tax unrealized capital gains on those worth a billion dollars or more. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo opposes any tax hikes on the wealthy, saying that it would only cause them to flee to lower tax states. The top 1% of earners pay 40% of New York State's income taxes. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. One might think that during a period of enormous economic stress, home prices would be receding. With more people unemployed, consumer confidence diminished, and the future remaining uncertain, it would seem that few people would be willing to take on the risk and debt associated with purchasing a home. As indicated by The Economist magazine, during the global recession of a bit more than a decade ago, real house prices declined by an average of 10% globally, wiping out trillions of dollars worth of the world's largest asset class. But this time is different. Some housing markets are booming. In August, home prices in Germany were 11% higher than the year before. There has also been rapid home price appreciation in South Korea and in parts of China. In the U.S., growth in the median price of a home per square foot accelerated more quickly during this year's second quarter than during any three-month period leading up to the financial crisis of 2007 to 2009. There are a number of factors at work. Mortgage rates are low, encouraging more people to take the leap into home ownership. But the pandemic has also increased the desire to social distance, as well as the need for extra space to turn into a home office. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.